Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to talk about something that is absolutely, positively, probably the most critical thing when you are a business person, and that's your finances. You know, I think especially entrepreneurs and small business owners let finances get away from them. They don't always understand a lot of things about business finances, all those various things. And then, of course, from a personal perspective, you know, we don't always pay attention to those things. So today, please join me in welcoming an expert in this, Chris Miles, to our program. Hey, thanks for having me on. Great. Well, let me give your bio here before we jump in. So Chris Miles is the cash flow expert and the financial advocate for the entrepreneur. He is a leading authority teaching entrepreneurs and professionals how to quickly free up and create cash flow today, spending time what they love to do the most. He is an author and podcast host of the Chris Miles Money Show that's been featured in U.S. News, CNN Money, Entrepreneur on Fire, and he has a high reputation with his company, Money Ripples, getting his clients fast, life-altering financial results. In fact, his clients have increased their cash flow by over $100 million in the last seven years. Holy schmoly, Chris. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great. You know, and let's, let's just be clear here, folks. We're not talking about winning the lottery as the way to increase <laughs> your cash flow. You know, and I am, and we kind of laugh and jest about that, but I actually have talked to people who that is kind of their financial strategy. They go every week and they buy lottery tickets and they pray. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> so sad, so sad. So first, give us a little bit more about your background, because this is fascinating to me that you didn't just decide, well, hey, I'm going to start telling people how to, to, to manage their cash flow. You really know what you're talking about. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, so I started off like like a lot of people in their lives going on a totally different path than the one I end up going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I actually was majoring in sociology. My whole goal was to become a business consultant. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be a business consultant, I should probably have some real life business experience. Okay. And so about 15 years ago, uh, the first opportunity, business opportunity that came up that intrigued me was becoming a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. I thought, hey, what what a great way to start. I have zero book of business. I'm starting from scratch. This will be interesting. Mm-hmm. And it ended up happening. I was bit by the entrepreneur bug. I loved it. You know, I always wanted control of my life and freedom and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and really being an entrepreneur is that way. So I dropped out of college with one class to go oh. and, uh, and never went back. Mm-hmm. And I, and cause I, I realized, Hey, I can get a degree in sociology, but I can make way more being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I did that for four years as a financial advisor. But after about four years, I realized it doesn't work. Right. Like the advice given, the stuff that you hear all the time in the news, the media, especially if you're a business owner, it does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that with evidence that people had decades of advice, but still weren't much better off than people that didn't have advice. Right. And so that's where I said in 2006, I said, you know what? I'm done. I will never teach about money again. That's it. Mm-hmm. I quit. I will go teach ballroom dancing and I'll do mortgages. <laughs> And, uh, and that's what I did for a while. Mm-hmm. And then what ended up happening is 2006, I ended up retiring with only a few thousand dollars in my checking account mm-hmm. just because of the things I started to learn and teach from millionaires that were actually doing it themselves. Okay. And, and that's when my whole life changed. And that's when I basically was almost pulled out of retirement, called out of retirement by people mm-hmm. saying, how did you do it? Right. You know, and it's so interesting because we have in so many ways been brought up with the traditional thoughts on especially how to, to plan for retirement. You know, you, you have your 401ks, you know, your, your whatever it is in, in you know, each situation. You save, you save, you scrimp, you save. You know, you put all that money there and then you pray that the stock market doesn't crash <laughs> or you right. know, your employer you know, is actually doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and all of these things. And what you teach people is more immediacy in planning for their financial future. And that's really dealing with their cash flow. So talk to you know, and this is this is about budgeting and things like that. But 
it's really figuring out what the heck is going on. So tell us more about that. Yeah, it's so much more than budgeting. In fact, I don't even like the word budget, you know, because the word budget is kind of a negative connotation. And you I know, throw my when, nose at it. I'm like, Ew. yeah, I like spending plan because money is meant to be spent in one way, shape, or form. Even if you spend it into your savings account, right? right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. being spent. Yeah. It's supposed to be used. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the cash flow. When I talk about cash flow, the thing I'm really talking about is what's the difference between your income and your expenses. Okay. That gap, because now, I ideally, if income's higher than expenses. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, if expenses are higher than your income, that's bad. Right. And we don't want to be in that place. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the whole thing, you know, in business is about being profitable. You know, in your personal life, it's also the same thing is the more cash flow we have, the more difference we have between income and expenses without being cheap and living on rice and beans our whole lives, right? The more we do that, the more options we have. Mm-hmm. And when we have more options, that's when we have freedom. Right. You know, just yesterday I had somebody that I, I chatted with on the phone and, that, you know, they're just starting to get ahead a little bit, you know, and um, and, and they said, like, OK, here's where we are. Um, you know, what should we do? And I remember I looked at some of their situation, like some of their debts. I'm like, you know what? We can actually do a home equity line of credit, pay off a few of these debts. You don't have to come out of pocket for anything. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll net three hundred and fifty bucks a month. Wow. You know, not a ton, but still right. it, it was that good for them. Up. It does. And, and and I was like, great. And now you have more options. Now you could do this or this and we could do this or this. And and uh, and they're like, and I said, yeah, you've listened to my radio show a lot. You hear me say that, you know, cash flow creates options and it's from options that creates freedom. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I never quite understood what you meant. I'm like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like you ha- now have options, don't you? Yeah, that's freedom. You know, when you feel like you're stuck in a rut, there's no freedom there. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you're right. It is you know money that we can use now. For whatever, you know, or money for the future. You know, it mm-hmm. can be that you've, you know, you've taken that extra money and put it into your financial planning for the future or paid off debts now, you know, all those various things or, you know, hello, fun stuff like gone on vacation, bought a new yeah. car. I mean, all those various things. We're not talking just, you know, the boring, dry stuff, folks. This is, you know, having the ability to do what you really want. Mm-hmm. Sure is. It's all about freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, I, and I, I'll tell you, like everybody that's trying to teach you stuff out there, they teach you from this usually like the quote unquote experts, mm-hmm. you know, they're usually telling you that it's about, you know, saving, right? It's about right. you can never you can never pay off debt fast enough and you can never save up enough money. And in fact, even if you save up what they tell you to do, if it's not enough, it's your fault, not theirs, even though right. they're the one that's told you to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're telling you, hey, get debt free. But I'll tell you, I run into those people that quote unquote get debt free all the time and they're mm-hmm. still broke. They still don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They're like, great, I don't have debt, but I don't have any money either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's not about that. It's actually about enjoying your life today mm-hmm. and creating a better tomorrow. Like you said, it's it's about having both, having your cake and eating it too. Not just sacrifice, suffer and, you know, save and spend nothing and, you know, suck your entire life away mm-hmm. trying to be a slave, right? It's about truly having that freedom right now. Right. And you know, the, as you said, the biggest thing is getting a grip on what are you spending your money on, you know, and, and, and whether this is your business or personal. And it's funny because there's so many things that you probably don't even think about that you're spending money on. Do you need to? Do you have to? Are there alternatives? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's only two ways you can really increase cash flow. It's either, re- you know, find ways to reduce spending or ways to increase income. Right. And I'll tell you the one that most people, probably the biggest money leak people have is not creating more income. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the income they leave on the table that they right. didn't realize they had mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. But definitely spending too. You've got to be a wise steward. You know, it's not about being a saver. Mm-hmm. It's not even about being a spender. It's about being a steward, which mm-hmm. takes the best of a spender and a saver and puts it one. Right. You know, Stewards, especially if you're in business, it's essential to have a steward mentality mm-hmm. because you want to make things better. You're here to improve upon things, to amplify and grow and magnify. Right. That's what a steward does. They, mm-hmm. they take whatever resources they have. They get creative with it. They get resourceful with those whatever resources they have, and they create more with it. Mm-hmm. That's what a steward does. Not about hoarding and cashing money away you know, for someday. Or just blowing money to live for today. It's mm-hmm. right in the middle. It's using money, using all your resources you can to create more. Mm-hmm. And that is where people become wealthy, not from doing the other traditional methods. Right. right. You know, and it, it, you, you have written a book. It's called Beyond Rice and Beans. 
mm-hmm. Seven Secrets to Free Up Cash Today. And and I love the title because it basically is meaning you can you can do really well and not have to just eat rice and beans or mm-hmm. ramen, mac and cheese, you know, all those various things <laughs> that we survived on when we were in college. And and it is about getting that grip on what you spend. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. funny as we were talking, I'm sitting here looking at my desktop system, and I have a sticky note that you know because I just have sticky notes everywhere that has my company's 800 number on it. And I'm thinking that's ten bucks a month. Yeah. Okay, ten bucks a month doesn't seem like a big deal. You know, 120 bucks a year. Oh, yeah, I can do the math. But obviously that adds up. And more importantly, is that 800 number used? Probably not. Right. You know, and so that's that's just kind of an example right there yep. of a business expense that I could cut. And so maybe I would use it for something else for the business, or you know, whatever. But. That, I think, is where people really need to start looking at their finances. It's the little things. You know, if I cut 10 things that were 10 bucks a month, well, then it really starts adding up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so as a business owner, look at those things. What have you subscribed to? Um, you know, WordPress. I love WordPress. That's what all my websites are built on. But there's a lot of things in there that I've paid for the plugins, all those various things. Right. auto-renew. Mm-hmm. And am I, am I even using them? You know, yep. and, and so look at all of those things, folks. Or from a personal perspective, you know, are there things that that again subscriptions? You know, and and I'm yes, magazines count in, in that, but health clubs, <laughs> all these various things. Are there things that you are paying for that you really aren't using, or could do in a different way that that costs less money? That's right. Um, one of the things I say in my book is is if you're not going to use it, lose it. Right. Right. You know, it's you know, and that, that that goes. It definitely applies to subscriptions or mm-hmm. services or things you're paying for that applies to even stuff that you have around the house yeah. or in your business, stuff that you're not utilizing. You know, get rid of it because the dollar's worth more today than it is tomorrow. So, you know, get rid of that stuff or donate it. At least get the write off, you know, <laughs> some, do something. Uh, and then and there's there's a bigger principle behind that. I mean, I've noticed that when I allow things to flow, mm-hmm. right. When you let things flow through, I mean, just like anything, when water flows, there's life. When your blood flows, there's life. And when you let money flow, there's life there too. And so looking for ways to constantly get that flow through and get the out with the old and in with the new and things like that, it, it does breathe new life into your life. It's amazing what can happen. And sometimes new opportunities and even new income comes in as a result of that. Right. And then you have a lot of cases where if you've got too much stuff, it's stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's that, you know, you, you've tripped over the box one too many times or, you know, all these various things. Uh, it's it's funny. I believe it was you that said, yes, it was in your book. You cleaned out your garage. You sold things. And holy mm-hmm. moly, you could put your car in the garage. <laughs> that's right. And now it's my my car wouldn't fit in my garage. So that's a little bit different. You know, but, it, it, you know, it's one of these garages that's built too small. But it really would be nice to not have all that stuff out there. And I'll be honest, we moved to Atlanta. This is our sixth summer here. So we've just started our sixth year. We have boxes. We have lots of boxes. I shouldn't admit this, that we have not touched since Mm -hmm. the movers put them down. Clearly, 99% of that stuff is not something we need. The other (laughs) stuff is like, oh, you know, hey, that's where this was. Or we've replaced it with something because we didn't want to deal with the boxes. So you're right. You know, donate it, sell it, get it out of your, your way. It's true. And, you know, if, if if you ever want to have a different lifestyle, you know, for example, each winter I snowbird, you know, mm-hmm. so I go somewhere warm for the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so like last year we went to California. This year we're going to Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Florida you know, or Hawaii is in the in the in the roster as well. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing, Puerto Rico and so forth. I mean, you kind of have to learn to figure out what do I really need? Right. You know, uh, what's what's really necessary? And especially, you know, if you have a, a big home, you're like, OK, you, you want to fill it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also have to realize, like, wait, do I really need this stuff? Like, right. is it just distraction for me? And do you need the big home? I mean, you know, that's the first conversation to have. Sure. Yeah. What are you utilizing? That's, again, it comes back to that stewardship, right? right. You know, if you got eight kids like I do, you're going to have a big home. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, you know, like my husband and I, we live in a big house. And, you know, my dining room is where stuff gets piled. Um, you know, all these, uh-huh. so, so there are a lot of rooms that we don't need. 
And, you know, I watch Tiny Homes on HGTV, and it's one of my favorite programs. Of course, there's no way. I just, I could not do a tiny home. But Mm -hmm. that does fascinate me with the fact that people think, okay, I can have five shirts. Right. Wow. You know, and, and, you know, all these, and really, take a look. What things are you using? And, and, you know, we're not talking about mementos and treasures, you know, but those basic and, you know, may, yeah, maybe it should be some of those treasures, too. Maybe they can be passed on to somebody who might truly appreciate them, you know, as opposed to they're in a closet somewhere. Um, right. But what are the things? And, and from a business perspective, too, you know, mm-hmm. I know that I have a printer in a box that doesn't even work. You know, it's a really why is it still there? <laughs> yes, Exactly. Yeah, it's it, it comes back to stewardship, and I think I think what needs to be said here with this, it comes right back to that stewardship principle again, which is, uh, you know, it's not about you know trying to live in a tiny home or anything like that. I'm, I'm not. Uh, in fact, I don't even promote a minimalist lifestyle in the the way that it's being promoted nowadays is becoming kind of trendy. Right. You know, but I do promote you know use you know using what you have, and then mm-hmm. what you're not going to use, don't use. You know, and and. And and it comes back again to uh, you. You mentioned this earlier too. Like tr- you know, with our money, like knowing what's going on with our money, knowing what resources we have. Um, the hardest thing for an entrepreneur, um, and it's funny because every time I talk to entrepreneurs, this is what they say. They say, "Chris, I feel so embarrassed about my situation." Which I tell them is like, "Listen, like I've been through crap. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been in the place where I was in the in the hole a million dollars and about sixteen thousand dollars short every month. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing you can show me." That's probably going to be worse than that, right. you know. Um, you know, in fact, I'm probably the one person that won't judge you for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, been there, done that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the reason I even even got in that bad spot because I was launching a brand new business. You know, I was making plenty of money because I had plenty of streams of income coming in. I was retired, but then I was coming out of retirement. I cut off those income income streams to do what I love, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the next thing I knew, in 2007, you know, I found out I was like, man, I'm I'm. You know, I'm noticing my savings is dwindling fast, and I'm starting to use up lines of credit. What's going on? And then I decided to look. I said, actually, see what's going on. Right. Which for a business owner sometimes is tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I get a business owner that says that they're too busy to look at their numbers, Ooh. I guarantee you're losing at least five hundred dollars a month right. minimum. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's why I found out with my situation it was more than five hundred, was sixteen thousand a month. Oh. Um, you know, I've seen other people too. I, I had one lady who's a, a graphic designer. She's like, I'm just so busy. I got to keep working, keep working. I'm like, let's slow down and look at this. And mm-hmm. when we finally, it took her like a month to finally do it. But once we did it, we found, we're like, listen, we don't even have to change your lifestyle, mm-hmm. but we could actually free up. And we did $1,500 a month. Wow. And that's 18000 a year. Only, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely huge. And and that's what, why, like, sometimes we get so caught up in being busy mm-hmm. and, and rather than being productive, right, mm-hmm. um, that we, we kind of lose sight of that. You know, right. I, had, I had another lady who was in Silicon Valley, California. Her and her husband were making a quarter million a year, but they couldn't figure out why they were still running up credit cards. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at it, we found out, well, the fact that you're spending 5600 a month eating out oh. probably would do it. <laughs> and, wow. And, and so I said, here, here's the thing. I'm like, let's cut it back to only, quote unquote, you know, only a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. eating out. Right. So you still eat out, still enjoy, it, but let's mm-hmm. save forty six hundred a month, right? That's over right. fifty grand a year, right there. Um, we did that. Then we end up finding other things. We're like, well, wait, let's look at the health insurance. We still look on the personal side. We found found that we could save a few hundred on the health insurance side, and then we found out we could save them about ten grand or so a year in taxes. And by the time everything was said and done, we found like seventy thousand dollars. Back in their life. And right. I mean, for some people, they're like, wow, that's more than I make. You know, mm-hmm. for them, it wasn't. But still, it was a good chunk. It was over a quarter mm-hmm. they made right. that was back in their life. And it completely changed their life. They were no longer have, feeling like they had to work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. They could back off and say, oh, you know what? Let's actually have a life, you know, not be working all the time. Right. You know, and, and you know, you, you were mentioning big expenses, Sometimes the, you know, the, the little ones add up. I remember mm-hmm. one time, you know, going to a seminar on financial planning and one of the things that they, they were talking about cash flow, um, you know, so it was, it was, it was actually very beneficial. And she, she, I distinctly remember her saying, figure out how much you spend in Starbucks every month. Mm. I'm not, you know, I, I like Starbucks, but you know, that's not a, so I, I might spend, 10 bucks a month. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't, it's not a destination for me. It's not a stop every morning on my way to work thing, you know, things like that. 
But, you know, she said, just figure, you know, if you spend $7.50 a day, here's what you spend per week, here's what you spend per month, here's what you spend per year. And she said, you can buy the coffee. So, you know, she deducted that amount. She said, you can buy biscotti, whatever it was. And she said, here's what you would save. Still put it in your Starbucks cup if you're really wanting that cachet of I've gone to Starbucks. But it really was impressive how just something that small made such a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I, I've noticed there's a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Whatever you put your attention towards expands and grows. Right. The ops is also true. Whatever you ignore leaves you. Right. Right. <laughs> you and, know? and of course, you know, money is, is probably the biggest thing. When you're not paying attention to your money, poof, away it goes. Exactly. You you will naturally spend whatever you have mm-hmm. when you don't look at your money. Because mm-hmm. you'll just look at the bank account balance. Hey, do I have money? Yes or no? Yes. Right. Great. Spend. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and you'll find out, you're like, well, you, you'll say, man, I'm paycheck to paycheck. I feel like I'm just making ends meet. The thing is that even if you make more money in your business, which I'm telling you, making money in your business and making more money is great because it's exponential. Where right. sp- expenses, like we're talking about, like spending, you can only cut back so much before you're in a cardboard box and that's right. Ridiculous. Yeah. But I'll tell you, like it's a lot of business owners think that if they just make more money, things will be better. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Because if you if you fall victim to what's called Parkinson's law, mm-hmm. Parkinson's law says that expenses will rise to meet income. Mm-hmm. So if you're not tracking that money, if you don't ha- give every dollar a job and make sure that the job is doing a good job too, mm-hmm. uh, you'll find that uh, you know you're going to end up spending whatever you make. You can make. 500,000 a year and you'll realize you're spending 500,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember many years ago seeing a cartoon and and this person was, you know, had their checkbook and, you know, they were, you know, trying to to write a check and or it, I actually believe that the cartoon was they had their checkbook and they also had an overdraft notice. Mm-hmm. And the caption under the cartoon said, "But I s- must still have money. I still have checks." And it was like, yeah, that's not the way it works. Yeah, that's like a Jeff Foxworthy joke. I mean, you're you're in Atlanta, so obviously those that's Uh kind of old for that time. But I mean, he used to say, "It's like money. I don't have any money. Oh, oh, you you want a check? Oh, I can give you that. Here you go. Right? Uh (laughs) Well, and I think that does tend to be, you know, one of the biggest issues that that people have is, you know, they they still write checks and they're not keeping track of, of what they've got. Uh, mm-hmm. But more importantly, they're using credit cards when they shouldn't. Sure. And, you know, that's one of the things that, that you really talk about is the fact that, you know, that's something you need to watch. You know, just because you have a credit limit of $5,000 doesn't mean you should run up your credit card to $5,000. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting about debt because, uh, I mean, debt's one of those things that actually it's uh, everybody tells you it's bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where as a business owner, that's not always true. Right. But it's uh, it's not something you should fear. Like some people say, you should hate debt. You should get angry about it. You know, there's a guy out there that talks about that. Um, first off, I don't think fear and anger are emotions that lead to more abundance and no. money. Mm-mm. It does the opposite. In fact, and usually that person specifically, he usually talks to people that are broke. You know, mm-hmm. people that are making like thirty thousand a year. You know, mm-hmm. um, but if you talk about people that actually are at least middle class, um, this does not work. And so it is about stewardship, about using it appropriately. Mm-hmm. And so I don't tell people to fear debt, but I do tell them to respect it. Right. Because it can be great or it can be mm-hmm. bad. Now, i give you an example. I had a chiropractor, and, um, and he was at a point where he said, okay, Chris, savings is gone. Um, I've already ran up everything but about $1,000 on this credit limit. That's all I have now at this point. Mm-hmm. So that was his one resource other than his own physical labor, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, okay, well, what does one patient make you? And he says, well, one patient will make me $2,500 in a year. Mm-hmm. I said, great. Well, if we use that 1000 bucks on a credit card and it gets you 2500 in a year, that's a good investment. Mm-hmm. That's a good rate of return. In fact, there's no financial advisor that can get you that kind of return right. ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, let's do this. And so I said, let's do an open house. Let's get an open house going. It was about Christmas time. So bring Santa, you know, bring a massage therapist, bring other people in the community that would be good support. Mm-hmm. You know, that could also help promote this event and let's make it big. Right. And even if in this small little community he was in. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He ended up getting five new patients right. from that one open house. Mm-hmm. You know, that led him to 12500 bucks, and he only spent 600 of that credit card. Mm-hmm. That is a humongous return on investment. It was right. awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a great use of, of using debt. 
you know, someone who says debt's always wrong, you should never use it, they're full of crap. I mean, let's just admit it. They don't know, they're not telling you how to create wealth, they're telling you how to be broke the rest of your life. Right. You know, you need debt. To, in real truth, you cannot never save your way to wealth. You do need debt, but it needs to be responsibly done. Right. It's just like my clients, when I teach them to use real estate investing as a way to create additional streams of income, it's like, yeah, it's okay to have a mortgage. You know, and some of them will realize like, wow, I've got hundreds of thousands in mortgages now. Yeah, but you also got thousands of dollars of cash flow coming in every month of profit. Mm -hmm. That's freaking sweet. Right. You've got equity. You're actually technically in a better place than you were without Mm -hmm. the debt. You know, like that's huge. And Mm -hmm. so there's, again, responsible ways and then there's irresponsible ways. Mm -hmm. You know, investing in programs or education that you're not going to use, bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you know, putting, running stuff on credit cards just to consume or to make yourself feel better, bad. You know, Mm -hmm. like for emotional type of things and things like that won't help you. If it doesn't add to your bottom line, it's not worth using. It actually only mm-hmm. makes your life worse. Right. You know, and, and as you were talking about that, one of the things that I was thinking about for business expenses are like networking and business associations, things like that. Mm. Um, you know, when I first moved to Atlanta, I joined several business associations and chambers as a way to meet people. You know, and 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 I did. I needed to meet people. Yes. But then after a couple of years, I looked at it and really reviewed, okay, <laughs> am I, you know, can I go and have chicken one more time this week? Um, <laughs> who am I meeting? In many cases, it was the same people. So mm. why go to five different meetings to talk to the same five people? That's right. Um, when I could just go to one, you know, and then the added things, you know, there was gas. There was my time because you don't just go, you know, you don't go and, you know, you're there. It's a you know, half hour at least in Atlanta to drive anywhere, you know, so you had all of those expenses, all of that time. And so I really did, sat down and thought, which ones are the most beneficial? And, you know, and, and would doing online networking work better or, yes. you know, uh, things like that. And I think that's sometimes things that people forget about. And, and part of it is because you're told, well, as a business owner, you have to belong to the local chamber of commerce, <laughs> uh, you know. And and you can still maybe participate, but not belong. Um, you know, maybe yes. you can go just go to the the meetings that that interest you, that have got a great speaker or something. You're probably yeah. going to pay a little bit more for that lunch than if you were a member, but add it up. You know, was it two hundred dollars mm-hmm. for your membership and then you never went, or did you spend one hundred and fifty in in the meetings? <laughs> you know, all of those things. So again, it's it's about tracking through what you're paying for and figuring out what those benefits are. Amen to that. You, you read my mind. I was actually going to give that very example too. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, I had to go through that same thing myself. Like, mm-hmm. like when you're starting a business, like, you know, especially if you're, de- ge- you know, if you're geographically limited, you know, mm-hmm. where you can only serve in certain areas, right. then great, go out and hit those, those uh, networking groups as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But especially if you have the ability to not be that way, if you can be an online business, you know, like where I, mine's all online or on the phone or something like that, I can connect business anywhere. Um, I actually just in the last year, like canceled several memberships, stopped going to networking events. In fact, I haven't, I've only been to one, you know, one or two in the last year, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm actually being kind of a hermit, but it's funny because of Facebook and because of things I post, people think I'm everywhere, Right. you know, especially when you get your algorithms going right. And so mm-hmm. it's funny because like people are like, yeah, you're everywhere. And then I have my podcast radio show, you know, and so mm-hmm. people reach out to me through that. I really put money into something that brings people in, especially the people that I'm wanting to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then not. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing how um, even like yeah, like my meals, like my meals are so much cheaper this year than they were last year. Right. Um, even National Speakers Association, I, I, I've attended several of those events, you know, and mm-hmm. and eventually I just realized, like like you did, I'm like, huh, you know, if there's a good speaker, I might go once a year and mm-hmm. pay the not ever price, but that's mm-hmm. way cheaper than paying the membership dues each and every year. Mm-hmm. For something that I may or may not even use, you know, and really, is it really productive in my business? Is it really helping me get to the where I want to go right now? Mm-hmm. That's right. the question you should be asking. And you know, for people who say, well, you know, it's it's very isolating. Sure, it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, you mentioned Facebook, um, Skype, you know, all these various things. So you still can quote unquote talk to people and see people. Without having those expenses, um, yes. you know, and, and and I'm like you. I mean, I can do business around the world. So it, you know, as long as I have an internet connection, I can do business. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't have to go. 
And think of that from a business perspective, you know, rather than traveling, can you give webinars? You know, yeah. can you attend webinars, um, online mastermind groups, all of those various things? You know, there still might be a cost to those. But again, think of what the total cost is. Um, you know, I, I participate in a fabulous uh, networking group, uh, online mastermind group. It's $47 a month. You know, so not a big expense. But again, little expenses add up. But I've made new clients, new contacts from the members in the group. Um, you know, on the times when I can't participate live, everything is archived so I can go back and, and listen to it at a later date. You know, all of these various things. And, and oh, I can't do that math for $47 times a whole year. But that's definitely better than a t- than driving and having a meal and doing all of those various things at a place where I'm going to probably not get business from. But it was the politically correct thing to join that business association. Right. Yeah. It's always about what's that return on investment. You know, what's mm-hmm. going to give you the best return, base bang for your buck. Right. You know, and, and sometimes it's hard to tell people, you know what, I'm not going to renew that membership or I'm not mm-hmm. going to go here or go there. Um, you know, but but also think about those benefits. You know, I belong to a chamber of commerce when I was back in Colorado. Loved the speakers. I mean, the, they had speakers that it was definitely worth going for the speakers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrible networking. <laughs> you know, and 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 it was you know it's through no fault of their own through the, the chambers, but they ended up recruiting all, you know many many people. Like you know, there was one time as a table of eight and. Four of the people at the table of eight tried to sell me cosmetics, um, and the other three were realtors, and then there was me. You know, and so, again, think about that. You know, good speaker, and was it something that I was really getting a benefit from, or was it just, hey, this is a cool speaker, and, and zero networking for three hours out of my day? Right. So true. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's talk you know, more about from a business perspective. How can businesses create, you know, additional income without, you know, and, and, you know, yes, there are times where it takes money to make money. You know, you talked about the fact that, you know, there is debt. There are costs that you have to have. But how can businesses increase their income, you know, in, in ways that are really things that they can do but haven't thought of? You bet. Um, there's several different ways that I, I tend to find. Um, you know, one, I think maybe I have to just address this one and hit it head on. Uh, there's a lot of talk about hustling lately. Okay. Like hustle is like the, the new word for the 20, 21st century, mm-hmm. which is just replacing work hard. Right. Right. Um, and, and in fact, it's almost virtuous to work 100 plus hours a week because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going for it. Like I'm getting after it. Right. I'm making it happen. That's bull crap. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I understand, like, it, it requires work and it requires effort. Right. But uh, I'll tell you, there's a concept. Um, there's even a book, even though the book is pretty, like, I'm going to dumb it up and dumb it down for you quite a bit. It's called, you know, called Power Versus Force. Okay. And, you know, and they talk about the concept of power versus force. If you think about it, like, whenever you've, maybe you're trying to undo a screw, right? You're trying to loosen a screw. If you ever get impatient with it, you end up stripping it, don't you? You know, you try to force it, so you end up just stripping it versus, like, mm-hmm. kind of working it a little bit and then getting it loose. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, I mean, I love peaches, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, peaches are awesome, and you're, you're from the place of peaches, so oh, yes. you would know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, like peach jars, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, all, we all know that we can bang the heck out of that peach jar until it breaks the jar open, or we can just run it under warm water and take right. a little few extra seconds. Mm-hmm. It, that's, the, that's what we mean by power versus force. Force is like trying to bang it and break it open, mm-hmm. where uh, power is when you try to, you know, do it. Almost, as, I don't want to say gently, but you're doing it in a much uh, gentler way than just forcing mm-hmm. something. Right. If you try to force your business, you'll break it. Mm-hmm. If you try to force yourself into working, you will break it. And, and I found this out firsthand. Um, in fact, I, was, I found this out right before I quit being a financial advisor. My, my practice was actually at a high when I quit. Mm-hmm. And what happened, I got, remember I got into a, a three-car pileup. I was driving mm-hmm. between appointments, trying oh, to get no. to a training meeting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, pretty much I ended up hitting somebody about, you know, they were dead stopped in a traffic jam. I ended up hitting them about five miles an hour, but it was enough mm-hmm. just to push them into the next car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe late for my next two meetings <laughs> that uh-huh. I was supposed to have. Oh, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. as the, the police officer saying, sorry about this, but here's your ticket. Yeah, yeah. You hit <laughs> so them. I, I remember I got to my office and I was just sick to my stomach. I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm driving back and forth. I'm driving several states a lot of times trying to get people to do business with me. Sometimes they don't want to meet with me. I find out, right? Why am I trying to force this? Why am I trying to make this happen this way? 
And finally, I just said, you know what? Enough's enough. Like, I'm going to make my life on my own terms. Mm-hmm. And so I made some rules. Like, so like rule number one, I said, you know what? No longer am I driving to people's houses. They're going to mm-hmm. come to my office. They're going to okay. come to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to you know risk not seeing my kids again because I'm driving everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, rule number two, I'm not just going to call people because I'm trying to sell them something. I'm going to call because I feel like I want to be a friend and just check up on them and see how they're doing. Right. And so I started doing that. Mm-hmm. Then uh, and then uh, the other one was, hey, when I'm done with work, I go home. Mm-hmm. You know, done with or if work. you work from home, you leave your office, your home office, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You're done. You turn off, right? You leave. No mm-hmm. more. Did I do enough today? You know, could I do a little bit more? It's like no. When you're done, you just get your work done, and then you shut it off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are some of the things I I started doing. And it was amazing because I remember I, I just feel impressed. It was right around Christmas time when this was happening. And so I thought, you know what? I should just call this person and see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I call them, just to have a conversation, just check up on them like a friend. Mm-hmm. And then and then right when I'm about to hang up, they say, wait, 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 Chris. Hey, uh, do you still do this? Do you still, you know, at that time, do you still mm-hmm. do insurances? Right. Do you still do investments? Mm-hmm. Do you still do this? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm thinking in my mind, uh, you should know that. I've left you messages every single week for the last three months. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, I do. Great. When can we come to your office and, and chat with you? Mm-hmm. And it went up happening. My close ratio went up to like pretty much almost 100%. Right. At that point, because now they're like seeking me out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really like trying to like call them every week, you know, call my names list, you know, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You hear like even in network marketing, right? You hear that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like no, I didn't do that. I actually just simply call up people, chat with them, and then they actually would want to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. They, they invited themselves into my world. And business became so much easier from that point forward. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, like when I was in the hole, a million bucks, I didn't file for bankruptcy. That would have been so much nicer. In fact, my credit would have banked me more had I actually filed for bankruptcy, right. believe it or not. Um, but I didn't. I figured, nope, I'm going to pay it back no matter what it takes. And it was a couple of years almost. It was about a year and a half before I finally started to get to a place where cash flow was in a good place. And I started to get some headway. Mm-hmm. And I was able to pay off over $900,000 debt in about three and a half years. Wow. And I had no money, no credit. So whenever when you said like, you know, it's not about it's not about how to make money to make money, right? You don't mm-hmm. need money to make money, but you do need to be resourceful and figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first key thing right there. If you have that foundation set that you're not just out there hustling and trying to force your business mm-hmm. where it breaks, you'll find out business can be so much easier. And I'll tell you, I'm working a part time life, and even right now, I'm right now in my business. I've actually gotten I was working five to ten hours a week. I'm now about thirty hours a week currently. Mm-hmm. But now I'm having about six-figure weeks, right. <laughs> you know. Well, and that was your decision to work a little bit more. Exactly. I was getting bored, actually. <laughs> the last mm-hmm. winter, I, right. I even told somebody, I'm like, you know, I'm, I kind of hate retirement. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like this, you know. And, uh, and then finally, I, I started a new project recently that absolutely blew people's minds. And I didn't realize it was even that much a need, a need mm-hmm. demand. But it's become that way. And I'm trying to keep it to no more than 30 hours a week. That's the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It, but still, if I can create, you know, hundred plus grand a week, I'm okay, okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so is my wife. <laughs> and uh, so, in any case, um, you know, it's it's interesting. So making more money, it, it's not about how to make more money. Stop asking that question. But instead, mm-hmm. ask the question: How can I create more value for more people? Right. How can I create more value for more people? Mm-hmm. This is where everything can stem from. This is where multiple ideas can come. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, um, you know. I knew in my business, like one thing came up. I remember some people were asking this one Facebook group I was a part of that said, man, I'd love to know how to, you know, make money with my passion or make money with my mission. Right. And I remember thinking, and this is kind of like the whole, you don't use it, you lose it. Well, this is something like I can brush something off, off the, brush some dust off this thing and take off the shelf, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they kept saying that. I said, oh, you know, well, I've actually got a program, you know, actually know some ways you can actually, you know, create money from your mission, mm-hmm. you know, using your gifts, talents, strengths, passions, things like that. And, and then I asked the people in the group, I said, who would be interested mm-hmm. in a ton of likes, especially for that group. And so f- two days later, I said, Hey, I'm announcing, I'm doing a webinar, a, a right. four series for just $50 a person, limit of 20 people sign up. And then mm-hmm. you know, within 24 hours, 20 people signed up. I made a thousand bucks from something that was old. I haven't even used lately. Um, I've since repackaged that. Now I sell it for like 250 bucks. Um, I even did a new version of it with a live group here this mm-hmm. last year with my wife. So we did it as a joint thing this time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I've made thousands of dollars from that one little thing, right. you know, because serves a need. Like it was something that people were searching for, you, you know, well, lately. And that's exactly, you know, one of the, the things that I was thinking about was, you know, when you have something, you know, public speaking, presentation, whatever that you give, mm-hmm. do it online, record it and then sell that, you know, and, yeah. and um, because if 10 people want it here, thousands of people might want it around the world. You know, and and so it's it's that kind of passive stream of income that, mm-hmm. you know, you just now, you know, it, you always obviously have to make sure it's current, you know, all those various things. But your business can be working 24 seven. You don't need to be working 24 seven. Yep. You know, if people tell you to raise your prices a lot. And, and actually, I like that, too. I'll give you an example of that later. But, you know, you can lower prices if you automate something. Because if it could take less time and attention, you know, look for lower price point entries. And it's okay to have both, have high price point and low price point things. Yeah, because somebody might pay more for a live webinar because then mm-hmm. they get feedback with you. Yes. But they, you know, if, and, and so they would pay for that. You know, they would pay for that opportunity to be able to, to, in the middle of the program or at the end, say, hey, Chris, I've got a question. But there's also a lot of people who are perfectly fine with not paying, you know, as, as much for the live version to be able to watch it and, and do that. Exactly. Yeah, it's really about, again, you have to come from the, the customer or the client's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, always. I mean, that's the thing is that if you stop asking your, and start, stop being so selfish to ask how you're going to make more money, because that question has not worked for generations. Right. If it hasn't made people rich by now, you shouldn't try it either. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a sign. It's like financial advisors. If they haven't made people rich by now, don't follow it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... It, that's what I mean by this is like, you know, start thinking about what they're really asking. Ask, mm-hmm. Listen to their complaints. Listen to what they're not getting. I mean, there's more whining and complaining now than I think ever in history. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. right. I mean, people are whining about everything, which mm-hmm. for you as an entrepreneur is like gold because that right. means you've got opportunity. They're saying we have a pain that needs to be fixed. We want to pay for something. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Like we want to give something to get this pain off off our backs, right? Or get mm-hmm. it out of our lives. Right. Um, even my business. It's interesting because my wife asked me the other day. She said, you know, hey, um, you know, your business is kind of shifting. Like your client's shifting lately. You know, uh, you know, I'm kind of worried about this. Is this good? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I told her, I said, like, well, you know, actually it is because – I mean, right now, people are wanting to create passive streams of income or residual streams. That's their big thing. And so, yeah, I'm helping people do that. I mean, even people that aren't even business owners, I'm starting to help now, trying to get them out of their nine to five job or nine to nine job, you know, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Like, I've been getting really good and refined on that part. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when the recession hits again, guess what? That Beyond Rice and Beans book is going to be gold once again, oh, yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, it's gold right now, but I'll tell you, it will be like big gold when there's another recession, which is when I first initially wrote it was mm. how I got myself out of my own personal recession, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's that's a cool thing is that you're always listening to people's needs and you stay on top of that and you'll find there's a way for you to intersect your passions and your gifts along with their needs and that's where you find the perfect opportunity to create more money. Right. You know, and as a business owner, you really, you know, you you mentioned raising prices. Sometimes that is an option and something that you need mm-hmm. to do. I mean, you know, I, I love the people that say, well, you know, this was my price when I started in business. Well, when was that? Ten years ago. Mm, okay. Um, and and it's funny because I don't I don't have fixed pricing that I quote to people, and I have that for for a variety of reasons. Um, not the least of which is, um, you know, I, I uh, worked for an ad agency in Colorado many years ago, and the gentleman who owned it, he didn't have fixed pricing either, and his rationale was you charge what the market will bear. Sure. So for, say, a nonprofit, I'm going to charge them a whole heck of a lot less mm-hmm. than, say, for a doctor, a lawyer, somebody like that. And part right. of that is because of their value perspective, too. You know, yeah. if I were to go to a lawyer, say he said, hey, you know, I need you to come manage my social media. And if I said, okay, it's $10 an hour, he's immediately not going to see a value in that because it's so inexpensive. Now, you know, th- there's there's a, a tricky point, you know, you don't want to charge too much, but you know, that's, that's one of those things. And, and, you know, clearly there are things you have to have fixed prices on, yes. but you know, for services in so many ways, you can change that. You know, <laughs> I've, I've told people, you know, here is what it costs to build a website and they will say, Oh my gosh, that's too much. And of course, then they're expecting me to say, Oh, okay, I'll reduce my price because you know, I need your business. 
And I've learned. I say, oh, you know, so your budget is a thousand dollars. You know, and just pull that out there. Here's, you know, from the original proposal of a three thousand dollar website. Here's what we will change to make it a thousand dollars. You know, so mm-hmm. it's not. I'm going to do the same amount of work for a heck of a lot less money. And I think that's one thing where, especially small business owners and entrepreneurs, we need the money. And so, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, if you can't pay me that, I'll, I'll make it work. No, you know, charge. You know, do the proposal less. Give them a different service. All those various things. You know, and I, we were talking about webinars. You know, if yeah. you can't afford your live webinar, then you've got the recorded version for that's right. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you've you mentioned that because I've actually started doing more custom work more now than I ever have. Because right. I used mm-hmm. to be very strict. Because it was the, the thing everybody taught you at the time is you have these packages and you got to yes. have them fit into that mold. But I've realized as I've had different groups of people come to me, I thought, well, these packages aren't necessarily working. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to create something new, and and you can still have packages, but right. I've realized I I'm way more powerful to listen to what they want, mm-hmm. and and really because of the place where I'm at, I'm like you know I'm I make the decision of do I really want to work with these people or not. That's mm-hmm. big reason why I'm asked questions, mm-hmm. but uh, I I never take on anybody unless I know I can make at least double the result of what they pay me within that year, mm-hmm. and so so sometimes I'm like okay I can't get that person as good results, but you know I still want to help them. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Here's what I'm going to charge you for this. You know and and that's because I think I can do at least double of what that they'll get within the year, if not triple or quadruple, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the key is that it's um, you really are looking for for ways to serve people and, mm-hmm. and serve in a way and make sure the people you want to serve, too. I mean, I right. I told somebody yesterday, I was like, you know what? You're not ready for me. But here's here's a quick tip. Do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually how they freed up 350 bucks a month. I'm like, just do this. Right. And uh, now you have options. Great. As things get better, let's talk in the future. You know, remember me? Give me a little testimonial. Thanks. You know, give me something in exchange, you know. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I could have charged for that session to say, hey, cool. Here's one session I'll charge for it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't feel it. And so if Mm -hmm. I feel it, I didn't do it. Right. And the nice thing is they will remember that from a positive perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember in 2007 or – yeah, it was 2007. I remember I met with a couple – Young couple, didn't really have much money. They used the last 500 bucks on a credit card to come to an event that I was at. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did one or two meetings with them. I was like, okay, here, guys, here's a few little key points to remember. But, yeah, there's no way you can afford me because you don't have anything. Right. Um, um, funny enough, three years later, like I'd called and even like wished them happy birthday, you know, and mm-hmm. I left mm-hmm. messages. He never called back, but at least he left the message, wished him happy mm-hmm. birthday, right? right. Um, three years later, he calls and says, hey, Chris, like I didn't tell you, but – I actually was working in the Middle East doing construction, which I had no clue about. He was in Idaho the last I'd heard. <laughs> so he's like, I was doing construction. I actually fell, um, nearly died. Um, I'm back in the U.S. now. I got this thing I'm working on that's pretty cool, um, but I'll tell you about later. You know, But uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm going to make some decent money. Mm-hmm. A year later, he calls me up. He says, hey, I, I just I, I have more money than I've ever had before. Like, he's like, this whole HCG wave is actually making me a lot of money right now with, with mm-hmm. our website. Um, can you help me now? And at that point, I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know, I charged about 20 grand to work with me, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of case. And it was awesome. Like, I actually got him to, to quit that company and, and do his own thing. He's now farming, which is what he always yeah. wanted to do, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of cool because, like, it, was, it wasn't something I expected. It wasn't like there was going to get any immediate reciprocity. Mm-hmm. But still, like, that, you know, that connection with people and trying to create value, it does come back. You know, even if right. it might be years down the road, it does come back. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also, you know, it, it comes back in other ways, too. You know, he might not have ever been able to use your services, mm-hmm. but he might have referred you to other people. Yes. You know, and, and I think that's one of the things that, that business owners, you know, of whatever size, need to remember is just because that person can't do business with you for whatever reason doesn't mean they don't know someone who could. Mm-hmm. So build those relationships. You know, don't burn those bridges. You know, all those various things. You know, I've gotten work from former employers because, you know, I, I didn't burn those bridges and I kept in touch and, you know, it said happy birthday, all those various things to them. And then they remembered me fondly. Um, yeah. you know, and, and same thing with, with people. It's like, you know, this, this isn't going to work out, you know, but, but I'm going to refer you to somebody else or, you know, here's some online information, whatever. And then pretty soon they're like, well, you know, so-and-so told me to call you. Hmm. And, you know, so it's, it's, you know, and, and it's funny because it is, I think so many times we forget, but we talk about it a lot. We're in the, the 
relationship business. Yes. Far more than anything. Yeah, I'll tell you, like, um, when I first started Money Ripples, you know, I I left my previous company. I I'd started a company in 2007 with some guys. And after six years, you know, almost six years, you know, we decided to call it quits and we split up. Mm-hmm. Well, I had just that year prior signed a two-year non-compete. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, now I told him he could still use some of my content and I told him mm-hmm. he can't stop me from using mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously he can't stop you from your livelihood. Right. right. But I was going to start a company from scratch where mm-hmm. I was cutting off relationships I built six years creating, cool. right? Mm-hmm. I had to start new in, in new markets. And so I remember um, at that time, the market I told him, I said, well, I'm going to focus on two markets I know you hate. Women, mm-hmm. women entrepreneurs in Utah. <laughs> ah. And he said, all right, we'll have fun. Yeah, and, it. and so I did. And I remember I like I started I didn't know many people. I knew only a few, but mm-hmm. I just started taking them out to lunch. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, like, tell me, uh, you know, what's you know, what's going on? And, and of course, they were skeptical. I wonder if I was going to pitch them. But I was like, no, I just want to get to know you. Like, this is a friendship. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a long term thing. In mm-hmm. fact, we have plenty of time to talk about my business. Tell me what's going on in your life and your business. Mm-hmm. And the whole focus for me was, can I give them either some information that is useful or connect them with someone who could be useful for them with whatever they're dealing with? And, uh, and that was my whole focus. And the funny thing is, like, they started, like, saying every every lunch was like, you know what? You should meet so-and-so. Go talk to them. You don't know them, but right. go talk to them. And, mm-hmm. hey, you should go talk to so-and-so. And, and I'll tell you, like, within a matter of months, like, there's people reach out to me. You know, even, like, I remember there was, like, business coaches saying, yeah, I hear you teach about money. Um, so what do you teach about? I want to have you speak, but I don't even know what mm-hmm. to talk about. Right. And it worked. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, that stuff really does work. The relationships mm-hmm. are huge. Right. You know, and, and it is kind of that ripple effect, which is, mm. I'm assuming, kind of how you've named your company Money Ripples. Exactly. You know, and, and so, you know, it is. It's moneyripples.com. You know, and, and one of the things that I want to encourage folks to, to go and look at your website is your blog. You know, because I was expecting this money, 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 money blog. And it's <laughs> not. It's got great business tips. And we, we don't have very much time left. But one of the posts that really caught my attention was on how to teach your children about money. So talk to us about why that is so important. You know, I think really for me, my, my mission, you know, the reason I call it Money Ripples is because I, I imagine what it, I've seen what's done in people's lives, individuals and couples, mm-hmm. and how that can affect generations beyond them, not to mention communities, countries and across the world. That ripple effect is important to me. Mm-hmm. And kids, it's interesting because kids, a lot of times money is a taboo subject, so you're not supposed to talk about it. Right. The problem is that's how we were raised in many cases, and that's mm-hmm. why, or even if they did talk about it, it wasn't a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be more abundant conversation about money. You know, not right. saying things like, you know, avoiding words like the ints, you know, like the can't, yeah. you know, won't, or, you know, or, you know, the things that are kind of limiting, impossible mm-hmm. type of beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Um, even like can't afford it. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. horrible thing to teach. Right. You know, I, I remember I heard one of my kids say that when he came home from school in first grade, he's like, hey, can I have this? I was like, no. He's like, is that because we can't afford it? And I was like, let me wash your mouth out with soap, buddy. Right. Like, yes. Like, we don't no. do words. <laughs> yeah, that's not. No, it's like, no, I don't value it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you do. But it's just not worth the money. You don't, I don't want to pay 50 bucks for some crappy toy you're not going to play with. <laughs> so yeah, that's why. Your friends have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because your friends have it. Like, no, mm-hmm. like, you know, we'll pay for stuff that we think is worthwhile for you. But, you know, other than that, no. And uh, and so I think that's a big thing is when you're teaching your kids is like, Watch your conversations. Watch your attitude towards money. You need to really not just learn about strategies with money because strategies can change with time. But right. principles are eternal. They never mm-hmm. change. And so mm-hmm. really come from a place of abundance, like not from a place of lack or fear, but from mm-hmm. a place of faith, hope, from a place of, of power, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the key. Right. You know, and, and kids do learn from our examples. Um, I don't have kids, but... You know, my parents were very much, uh, you know, they they both were very involved with the expenses and, and you know, the, the income, all those various things. And, you know, in a lot of cases, it is it is kind of one-sided for, you know, whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I got a very healthy perspective of money then. Um, you know, my parents, they used credit cards, you know, and, and but they paid them off every month. Yeah. And, you know, so it was like, oh, okay. And and credit cards, hello, are a necessary evil. We can't always pay cash for everything. You know, you go to buy an airplane ticket and you can't shove your money through through the, the monitor at them. You know, you have to have a credit card. Yep. You know, and, and all these various things. But, yeah, they taught me, pay it off. 
you know, don't carry that debt forward. Do all of these things. Um, and it's it's funny. I've I've watched millennials and let's see now I think it's Generation Z are the <laughs> younger ones, and they have a totally different perspective of money. Um, they sure you know, do. I've I've got nieces and nephews who do not have checking accounts. Mm-hmm. When they need something that takes a check, they get a money order. Right. You know, I I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, it, 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 I write maybe one check a month. It was funny. I had a a vendor that always required that I paid him by check because he wouldn't process things online. And I finally got so tired of that because I'd have to go find my checkbook <laughs> that it was like, no, I'm not going to deal with that. But but it is interesting how the different generations look at money, look at savings, you know, all of those various things. But it all starts when they're little and, you know, and, and what their parents are teaching them. Yeah, it starts small. I mean, with my eight kids, I mean, we have like a chore chart that when they do 12 chores that we have like a little list of what numbers they are. When they do 12, they get paid three bucks. And, and we purposely have them like set a little bit of money to put in their bank account, some mm-hmm. to go to tithing, you know, to charity mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the rest they can spend, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and we try to help them through that. And sometimes it needs a lot more work. Every kid's different. So mm-hmm. don't think that what you teach one kid will work for the next. They they all have their own way of learning. Right. Well, and, you know, I'm guessing you might have a wheeler dealer. You know, well, you know, I'll pay you to do this chore, Uh you know, and, and, you know, there are those things or the the bank of, you know, um, it's funny. We, you know, in in my, I'm an only, you know, I mentioned, but my husband's one of nine and, you know, and, and he had one sibling that was the bank of, and, you know, and and they would borrow from him and, you know, and, and he, it depended on what you were borrowing for, you know, sometimes lucrative terms and sometimes not so much, um, you know, and, and all these various things, but you're teaching them how to be once they grow up. I mean, you know, and, yeah. and that's the important thing because, you know, we will have friends that or, you know, businesses, whatever, where we might loan money to or, you know, uh, do stuff on trade, you know, all these various things. So, you know, as again, as they see us as parents and, you know, aunts, uncles, whatever, that's how they're going to, to really start having their first inclinations towards business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and, and, and it is interesting. I mean, you know, when, when I realized they don't have checking accounts, I'm like, really? And, and it, it, it that just baffles me because mm-hmm. I had a checking account when I was 16. Um, but, but, you know, it was, that was just kind of one of those things that you did because I, that I had to put my, my babysitting money somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all those things. And, and then, you know, you mentioned tithing and, you know, donating to charities. You know, that's also something that I think is, is so very important to start people at, when they're very young. And maybe it's yes. a dime. I mean, you know, I remember the, the kids who are so proud to put their dime in the collection plate. Uh-huh. You know, then it becomes a dollar, then it becomes 10, and then maybe they buy a new wing or a new building or something for, you know, and, and but yeah, it, it really does come from, from the, the very start. It does. It starts from there, and it starts with your example. Uh, if I had to share like one quick last story. Um, this one meant a lot to me because this is a couple in North Dakota. Yeah, he's also a chiropractor, mm-hmm. and um, and and really they were they were again paycheck to paycheck. And he was kind of mm-hmm. burning out in his business, like really having a rough time, and money was a very sensitive topic. He was the, very much the saver, and his wife wanted him to let go a little bit because he was ah. a saver. He worked hard. He worked many many hours away from the family, and so when we looked at his stuff, we started restructuring things. You know, a lot of it between business and personal debt, we were able to refinance some stuff, freed up like six thousand mm-hmm. dollars a month. Wow. Um, we also like looked at taxes. We freed up over ten grand a year in taxes there. Mm-hmm. And I remember at, when it got to the end of the year, his wife told me, and, and I got to meet her face to face, which was so cool. And 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 she said, you know what, Chris? And she's starting to cry. She's like, we Aww. actually we actually got him to buy a, a four wheeler. The uh-huh. four wheeler, ironically enough, was six thousand dollars. So basically, what I freed uh-huh. up per month for him, plus you know, not to mention tax savings, uh-huh. he got a four wheeler. She's like. But now he's spending time with the family. She's like, it's not just that. Like that cash flow, it created so many options and created more freedom. They felt like he could step away from the office. He's spending time with the the, the kids. We're not Mm -hmm. having these heated discussions about money. It's not about scarcity. It's actually a place Mm -hmm. of abundance. And our kids are noticing because they have their father back and I have my husband back. Right. And I think that's the power of it. Yeah. And it was just simple little steps. Mm -hmm. But you have to take that first step. Exactly. It starts there. Well, Chris, I have been having a fabulous time chatting with you. Um, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. 
Yeah, uh, you've mentioned my website, www.moneyripples.com. That's M-O-N-E-Y-R-I-P-P-L-E-S.com. Um, or you can look up you know, iTunes or even online. Uh, check out the Chris Miles Money Show. Follow my podcast. we got lots of great stuff on there. Great. We didn't even talk about that. Um, but, yeah, so you know, great information. So please, please, please check that out. Well, Chris, as I said, this has been fabulous. Um, and I've been speaking with Chris Miles of Money Ripples. I am Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.